Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, Our first show of the new year. What? What was that? I just heard a horn. Like I didn't right hear anything. I stopped, it went. It went. Burr, burr. Anyway. No. Um, happy New Year, everyone. I hope that you are um, had a great New Year and you're recovered from your hangovers. Obviously, um, I have Kyle with me. Say hello, my love. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Same to you. Um, I did think about you, Kyle. So um, let me first get to um, what happened on your New Year's Eve. Tell us everything, girl. Fill it. You really want to know everything? <laughs> first so, thing, I want to know who he is. Did you ring it in with a bang? Like, come on, give me. So let's see. So my friend um, Brian came over. He is, his partner's in Italy for the holidays. So we went over to the Thai restaurant next door to my apartment. They had a $50 prefix um, meal for New Year. So I know, the bar- I know the bartender and the chef and stuff there. So we had reserved seats at the bar. Me, it was myself, my friend Brian, and the bartender, who's a good friend of mine, his roommate, Maddie, was there. So she came and joined us. So it was us three. So we had, you know, we were watching CNN was playing. They had a piano player who was playing show tunes and stuff. So it was kind of like a nice atmosphere. We're just catching up. We picked our meal, and we just kind of, like, rang in the New Year that way. Like, like whenever it was time to kind of watch the ball drop, they um, turned on CNN so we could hear it. We counted down and then had a celebratory glass of champagne. And then my mm-hmm. friend Brian took off. He went home. And then Maddie and I decided to go next door to the Irish pub and have a, have a shot or uh, a drink there to wait for my friend Ray to get off work. So we went there. He mm-hmm. came over. We did a, like, a little you know, New Year's Eve shot, and then he went back to work. And he was taking a little longer, so his roommate, Maddie, left. So I stayed there and waited for him. I had a glass of um, some beer, and then he came over, and we drank a little bit, and then he said, well, let's go to another bar. So we went to another bar and ran into some friends of his. So we hung out there. We were with the piano player at the time. So we just kind of like, it was a nice. It was just catching up and talking about what we did for Christmas and all this other stuff. And then, you know, lo and behold, it's like 3.30, and then, excuse me, Ooh. So we decided, let's go back to the Irish pub. We go back there. I said, you guys, it's 4 o'clock. It's like, they're not going to be open. Well, they were shutting down, but they were still, you know, trying to, like, get everybody to leave. But they were still, like, they weren't serving anymore, but they were waiting for people to finish. Well, one of the girls that was with us really needed to go to the bathroom. So we we conned our way in, did a shot, and then we went back outside. And it was 4 o'clock, so I said, I'm going home. They were still going to party. I'm like, it's 4 o'clock. I've got to cook tomorrow for New Year's Day. Home. 
So I go home, leave them out um, just down the street, and then I go home, and as I'm getting out of the elevator, I hear my, my um, intercom buzz, like someone's buzzing my apartment. So I get in, hmm. and I'm thinking, oh, my God, my friends are just, like, screwing with me. They're buzzing me downstairs or whatever. What's going on? So I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I answer. It's like, hello. It's like, hey. It's like, who's this? It's like, it's Mike. Mike? He's like, yeah, is this Kyle? It's like, yeah, it's Kyle. Are you, or am I expecting you? He's like, no, I just saw you. I just thought, it's, you know, it's Mike. I just thought I'd come by and say hi. So it's like, well, I'll come downstairs because I'm thinking it can't be the Mike that I think it is. Now, the mic that Uh-oh. I think it is is this guy that I met online that we would mm-hmm. have um, – how do I say this? We would have dalliances. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I called him – his nickname was Bro because he was a dude. I'm like, he was like a 25-year-old dude. Not at all what I was expecting. Yeah. So – Anyway, but right. I think he was still. I think he was on the DL because he would never real like. He would never give me his phone number. He would never tell me where he was. He's like, oh, I'm out with friends. Well, where are you? Like he would never be. He's very cagey about where he was. I was like, I'm not going to stalk you. I'm just carrying conversation. Very, very dis- mm-hmm. discreet as he put it. So anyway, I go downstairs and sure enough, it's him. And I haven't seen him in months. We haven't chatted in months. And all of a sudden, out the blue, here he is. So I invite him in, of course. And then mm-hmm. we're chatting, and he's like, he said, um, I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, I was in your neighborhood, like, with some friends of mine going out. He didn't tell me where. And he said, I'm walking to go to the train station, and I am realized, like, I'm on your street. And then I see you walking back from the pub. So I knew you were awake and going home. He's like, right when I got to your apartment, your elevator door was closing. So I knew you were going upstairs. So he buzzed me. So needless to say, he comes up. We reminisce. Fast forward, he bids me adieu at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You rang in the new year with a bang, girl. An unexpected one. And then he leaves. And then it's like, oh my god! I was like, okay, I need to sleep because my friend Brian's coming over the next day for like. I was making a black eyed pea casserole. He was bringing over some food. Like, I gotta get some okay. sleep. So I went to bed and I like set my alarm for eleven. So I woke up at eleven, showered, got ready, and just like. And then when he came over, I'm like, you're never gonna guess what happened. <laughs> so. Oh that, my god. Like, yeah. So happy New Year to me. <laughs> I knew there was a story, child. I knew it. Well, I mean, I mean, come on, Emma. It's like till four o'clock in the morning. There was really no story. I had a good time. I was not like so flipping drunk where I was like I was pacing myself. I was like, you know, in that mood where it's like you're you're a little tipsy, but you're having a good time and you're still in control. It's like this is fun. This is like a night that I'm going to remember because it's like I was, you know, on having a good time. I wasn't like messy. It's like this is. Perfect. I'm like yeah. everybody else out in New Year's. And then all of a sudden it's like right. ding dong. It's like wow. So anyway, that was my Literally ding dong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Miss girl. Getting in it. Oh, I'm telling you, it's like boy had I missed him. Anyway, so Ooh. how was mm. how was your New Year's Eve? <laughs> I was in bed by ten twenty. <laughs> And my neighbors kept screaming and yelling, so I actually went to bed at 1. So I am a party animal. I ate Chinese by myself. I watched some movies. That was it. Much you didn't more. Even, 
so innocent than you, you. You went to you went to bed before midnight, but you actually woke up. Yeah. Okay. Well, they were like partying down there because my bedroom, it the way the apartment is set up is weird. My bedroom is actually above their living room, and they uh-huh. don't care about that. So they yell and scream and carry on, and I'm like, I'm trying to sleep. Please let me sleep. So I would, like, fall asleep, wake up, fall asleep, wake up. So I officially fell asleep at 1. So, But you know what? I wanted it this way. I'm not going to say, boo-hoo me, I don't have anybody. I purposely said no to parties, to anything else, because I was mm. telling myself, the person that you ring in the new year with is the person you're going to spend the entire year trying to be with. And, I mean, let's just be honest. You getting it in with Mike, you guys might might as well just, you know, get married now. And, no, 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 no. <laughs> and for me, I want to work on me, you know, because I, <laughs> I was joking around. I have, like, the weirdest sense of humor. So I was joking around with my sisters, and they posted a picture. Well, one of their friends posted a picture. Great. Can't wait for the new the post. New year, new me. And I said, well, I mean, I literally brought that in 2015. So, I mean, <laughs> I got you all beat. Like, I, I mean, I can't do a new me next year, but still, I got you beat for 2015. But, um, yeah, I just, I didn't make... Um, resolutions either. I said that there are things they're going to work on, but they're not like, they're ongoing resolutions for the rest of my life, not just 2016. So, um, one of my resolutions for 2016 is letting go of the past, but there is a condition. Um, like a subcategory of that is forgiving people but only if they want to be forgiven. I haven't gotten to the forgiving them even though they don't want to be forgiven yet. Maybe I'll work on that for 2017. Um, Another one is evolve on a personal level and career. Uh, Another one is opening up to let love in, which is just something I'm deathly afraid of. And the last one that I'm going to work on is sticking to my commitment. So I know that you're not big on resolutions and whatnot, but anything that you think that you're going to be working on in 2016? Well, I mean, definitely my priority is since, you know, I mean, as you know, my job is supposed to be ending mm-hmm. in June, and that could still change. It's still six months away. But I think right now mm-hmm. I want to focus on making sure my resume is clean as possible and start getting it out there just to kind of see what is out there possible for me. I mean, granted, in mm-hmm. April will be my 19 years with the company. However, right. in all honesty, I was at – I went to one of our stores yesterday, and I walked in and just kind of looking around, I was so uninspired that I'm thinking maybe this is a sign. Like, this is my second sign. You know what I equate it to? Do you mm-hmm. know that old, um, that old saying about um, – I guess there was this massive flood, and this guy's on the roof, and these people paddle by and said, hey, get in our boat. Yeah. We'll take you to safety. He's like, yeah, I'm waiting for God to save me. And then after the third yeah. time, he drowns. And he goes to heaven, mm-hmm. and God says, I sent you three boats, you idiot. Why didn't you, you know? It's the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. this is like, the, you know, the second time this has happened to me, and I'm at the same company, I'm thinking maybe it's a sign that it's like you need to 
spread your wings and fly and kind of do something else. So I'm kind of like going into the store and just realizing how uninspired I was by the the clothing and everything. I'm just thinking maybe it's time I try my hand at something else and challenge myself. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm I'm not going to say anything to my boss or anything just yet because I mean like it's still it's still June, but I'm going to actively start looking and see what else is out there because it's like I'm thinking maybe it's time to do something different. So the focus. I can see you doing retail like visual merchandising. That would be good for you. Yeah, but no, not really. No, no, it's not me. No, no. Okay. But um, okay. I appreciate it. But it's like I think what it is is like one of the focuses is I'm just going to kind of focus on something else that I want to do and just kind of get that those wheels turning. So, and then. You know, I just kind of want to. I want to lose some weight. I want to save some money, so I want to start cooking some more in turn, in you know, my kitchen, and try to thinking of some ways that I could cut costs, like spending mm-hmm. money on coffee every day, spending money on going out to eat, and then I'm also thinking about. I mean, I think everybody's thinking about this because this whole cord cutting thing about ditching cable and doing one of the, you know, Apple or Roku or something like that, so I could like just stream stuff because it'd probably be cheaper and save a lot of money than cable. But I want to do some more. Mm-hmm. I want to chat with people who've done it to kind of see what the what the outcome is like before I actually just cut it off and do it. So there's, there's those kind of things. Um, I mean, I often think about like, yeah, I want to meet a guy. I want to do this, all this other stuff. But I think there's more in the in the in the hierarchy of things that I need to do. That's not a priority. You know, if mm-hmm. all my shit was together, right. then yeah, it'd be perfect timing. But it's like right now, it's like. You know, I don't mind dating and seeing guys and stuff like that, but it's like I'm not ready to, like, be someone's boyfriend, you know? But Just also, yet. too, there's something there's something to be said about being with a guy and having a guy like you when you're at your messiest. So, yes, you're all discombobulated and you feel all, like, all over the place, but meeting a guy right now, Kyle, when you feel this way, how awesome is that? What does that say about him? You know, just think about that, you know? Mm. Oh, well, we'll see. I'm not just a pretty face. I have some, you know, pearls of wisdom, too. (laughs) So so getting back to when I was thinking about you this weekend, uh, yesterday I saw The Hateful Eight, and... Mm -hmm. um, we need to discuss this. I okay. am fed up. And you know, and you know, I'm fed up. Yes, I am fed up with Quentin Tarantino using the fucking N word and still saying he supports black people. You cannot do both. I get that. You know, oh, the timing of the movie, the air of the movie. But guess what? Scarlett O'Hara never said the N word, and that was a, a a timely piece. I'm just sick of him using the N-word in all of his movies. Stop it. I don't understand why he keeps doing it. If I hear in another movie of his, I am totally boycotting everything to do with Quentin Tarantino. I am dead serious. I'm so sick of it. It drives me nuts. It makes me uncomfortable, first of all, being like one of the only black people in the theater and then when someone says the N-word, people in the theater are giggling. And I don't know if they're giggling out of uncomfortable, um, because they're uncomfortable, because they find it funny. I just, he needs to stop saying it in his movies. Enough. Um, having said that, take away all that, 
It was one of the grossest movies I've ever seen in my life. It was <laughs> pretty gory, and you literally see somebody's head getting blown off, which is just disgusting. Um, it's not cool at all when you think, oh, I want to see someone's head get blown off, and then you see it in the movie, you're like, ew! Um, the dialogue, other than the N-word, is very sharp. The thing I like about Quentin Tarantino characters is that they're smart characters, and they do what you think that you would do if you were in that situation. And they say what you would say in that situation. That's one thing I can say about him. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee was so good. Um, I, I was pretty shocked at how how underrated this woman is. But goddamn, I do like I, like you said before. I hope she wins every award she's nominated for because she was just brilliant. Um. But can we talk about Walton Groggins for a second? Or Goggins, whatever his name is? He was so he good. He was fucking amazing. How does he not get more work? He was on um, Sons of Anarchy, and he played a trans woman. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, he is so talented. I just don't get how he is not bigger than he is. I don't understand. But I, I, think did, I couldn't figure out his character, though. Well, I couldn't figure out his character, though. I didn't know, like, his character kept shifting back and forth between hating Samuel L. Jackson because he's black and being his best friend. I didn't understand it. Can you figure, did you figure that out, or I, I don't well, get ba- it. I mean, it just kind of proved, I mean, he was the bumbling guy who's like, you know, dad, yeah. his dad and the whole family were these redneck, you know, racist and stuff, and he just didn't know. He was just kind of like a bumbling fool who just, like, mm. was in in awe of, like, Bruce Stern's character, the colonel, and stuff like that. But whenever he started to kind of, the whole flip-flopping near the end, it's like, it just kind of confused him. He didn't know who to trust anymore because it's like, his old, you know, because he had been there for, you know, he had been involved in that thing. So he saw that kind of, like, how Sam Jackson's character was, like, supposedly the good guy because of everything else that was going on. And so at the very end, mm. he's just kind of torn between, you know, do I automatically follow my sensibilities and don't trust the black guy but go with these other people, or am I really, or do I just put that aside and really think who's actually telling the truth and going to actually save me? Is it going to be these criminals, right. or is it going to be this guy who's been with me this whole time and has never once shot me? Or you know, it's like so. right, right. So the whole premise of the movie, without giving out away spoilers is um, Kurt Russell is a bounty hunter trying to take Jennifer Jason Lee to Red, Red Rock, Wyoming, to be hung. so that she can be hanged. Um, on their travels in a horse-drawn, six-horse-drawn carriage, they meet, they meet up with Samuel <clears throat> Jackson, who's also a bounty hunter, and he has bodies. He doesn't ever bring somebody in alive. He always brings them in dead because they're just easier to deal with. Whereas um, Kurt Russell, he's called the hangman because he brings them in alive and he wants to watch them be hung. Um, So then they also meet Walter Goggins' character who his father was really big in the... um, What was it? Like a 
it was like a gang, right? Or what What was his dad? A leader of like a cult or almost. I don't know how to describe it. I think it was kind of like a gang, but they also fought in the war. Okay. So he was the son of that guy, and he was going to Red Rock because he won, he was the new sheriff. And so Kurt Russell's like, I'm sorry, you're the son of a gang member and you're going to be a sheriff? I don't think so. So they're all traveling to Red Rock together, but they need to stop because there's a blizzard. And so they stop at Minnie's haberdashery, which is like midway to there. And at Minnie's haberdashery, they encounter um, Michael um, Madsen, Tim Roth, and um, oh, what's that other guy's name? Damon something from The Killing. I don't know his name. He's a Damon Bashir. Yes, okay, thank you. And he was nominated for an Oscar a few years ago, so I don't know if you guys know him. But um, so Samuel L. Jackson's immediately like, wait a minute, why are you here and where's Minnie? Because Minnie's nowhere to be found. So then the whole thing becomes how they survive two days locked up together. Oh, and Bruce Dern was in it too, with Bruce Dern. So um, it's just... It's kind of amazing, but it's kind of like, hmm, what's the point of this movie, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I mean, once they got into the cabin, I mean, it's not giving yeah. too much away because they've said it. It's, it becomes like an Agatha Christie whodunit because Samuel L. Jackson exactly. thinks something is up, and he thinks someone, mm-hmm. some of, one of the characters that they just kind of encountered is working with Jennifer Jason Lee's character to free her and or get the money. So the whole thing now yeah. is they're trying to figure out who exactly is who, and are they telling the truth? And the thing is, um, so Samuel L. Jackson is wondering, where the hell is Minnie? Because Minnie owns Minnie Haberdashery, and there's some Mexican guy running it in her absence. And Kurt Russell is like, all right, he's the paranoid one. He's like, someone's trying to free Daisy, and it's either one or two people. Is it the old guy, Bruce Stern? Is it Michael Madsen? Is it Damon? Is it um, Tim Roth? Like, what's going on? Or is it Samuel L. Jackson? Is it Walter Goggins? Like, he, he is so right. suspicious of everybody. And um, the twists and turns that it takes, you're just like, oh my god! Oh my god, no! Oh my god! So, um, I did feel a couple things. One, I thought... With the whole, he does the chapters things that he did from um, from Kill Bill, but unlike Kill Bill, where they do a chapter and they go back, and then they do a chapter and they go forward, he does chapters. It's like it's a DVD. You're watching a DVD. So chapter one, this is what happened. But um, I thought that was weird. But also, he focused a lot, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. He focused a lot on traveling with horses. What the hell was that? Like, there was like a two-minute shot of a stage, car- a horse-drawn carriage going from one place to another. I'm like, why is he spending time on this? I don't understand. I did not get I think, that. But. I think it was just for visuals. Oh, for like cinematography? Yeah. So he can and get nominated all for cinematography. Well, just to kind of put it all in perspective, just to make it this grand, glorious film, because his idea 
was that he wanted to shoot it in 70 millimeter to make it like huge and like one of these big old timey kind of like Ben Hur like glorious masterpiece movies. And so with that, you need these grand landscape images. And since you know, kind of like showing the cold and showing the you know traveling across on the stagecoach, it's just kind of like mm-hmm. you know. I really liked it, and I didn't. I the guy on the side of me when they went to the intermission, he looked at me and he says, "How long is this movie?" It's like it, I feel that's on the road show. Um, I said it's three hours long, and but it didn't feel three hours because when he no, it, it didn't. Half, he, I think it would have felt longer had it not broken it up into chapters. It kind of gave you this perspective, like you're seeing okay. a new story. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's but funny for me, you said that because I didn't notice that. I didn't notice it was three hours long, and I sat through the whole thing. Didn't get up to go to the bathroom once. Yeah, the only time I think I, I went to the bathroom before the movie, and then at intermission I ran to get popcorn. I went to the bathroom hmm. and ran to yeah, get we popcorn. Didn't have- so, and then I got the pro souvenir we- program. But um, anyway. It was um, the other thing I liked. It's like I, I agree with you. Um, I was emailing my friend in LA who saw it, and I was telling him we both agreed that Walter Goggins to us was the standout out of all of the men. Mm-hmm. He was the standout. I think it was his character. Yep. I think the way he delivered it. I yep. think he was so good. I mean, yes, granted, Kurt, all the rest were good too, but there was something about his character that you really kind of were fascinated mm-hmm. to watch. And then for me, yeah. even though I've said this many, many times that, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee is my favorite actress of all time, she, her character, even when she wasn't doing anything or saying anything, you mm-hmm. couldn't keep your eyes off of her. You kind of always watched to see what she was doing, just to kind of watch there her survey the room or whatever. There was a shot I, where they were, um, Samuel L. Jackson was talking, and the camera was panned on him. And she was in the background, and she was, like, sticking her tongue out and making faces. And I was like, Gee, this girl is on. She is yeah. on. And then there was um, a um, something that happened in the movie, and she reacted immediately. And then the rest of that scene wasn't focused on her, but you saw her in the background, and she was still, like, reacting. Um what I'm t- I, I, I don't want to give out a spoiler, but I'm trying to get Kyle to understand what I'm saying. It, it was the scene where you find out the person that is helping her. I don't know if that made sense to you. And something happened, and she just, like, freaked out. And then for, like, two minutes after that, the camera's not on her. It's like... Somebody's talking to her, and, and she's near the vicinity, and she's still, like, acting. Like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm still freaked out. Oh, my God. I'm like, wow. She's the only, like, female in that um, cabin with those guys. There's only, like, three or four women in the movie, in the entire movie, which is kind of funny. Right. Um, so, such a good, such a good um, movie, except for that one major thing that drove me nuts. But I did right. like how um, Samuel L. Jackson, he turned it around and he was like, well, you know what? You know what this N-word did? And I'm like, yeah, you go, Sam. But he, he was kind of a despicable character, though, too. Let's, let's just be no, honest. No, they all had major, <laughs> major flaws. One, the one thing one that they, good person. Well, one thing they talked about in, like, in all of the violence against you know, Daisy's, I mean, Jennifer's character, Daisy, you know, a lot of violence against mm-hmm. women, 
she's kind of like said, like, do you think it's misogynistic, all this other stuff? She says, not at all. I think Quentin's not like, all like that. But if you watch the movie, everything that happens to her, whether she gets hit or whatever, she totally deserves because she's just as despicable. She has these, she has, mm. this, she's a hateful person as well. You're not supposed to like her. Yeah. You know, Mm-mm. even though we don't even know what, she, the funny thing is like, we, you ne- and it's not really a secret, but you never find out what, I mean, they tell you what she did, but there's never a flashback. Yes to kind of no. see how dangerous she was, you know? Right. You don't get that. That was one thing I think was kind of missing. The only flashback you really had was um, what happened before they got to the haberdashery. That's the only flashback you really had. Well, and Samuel Jackson's mm-hmm. story, which which may or may not be true or not. It could have been make-believe. But I know. I don't is, know. I don't know if that was true. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. You didn't and go back. That's awesome. I was expecting, mm-hmm. I was expecting a little bit of a daisy Backstory. Explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do like that you compare it to Agatha Christie because there's this there's a chapter that's called um, what was her last name? Dama Damagoo whatever. Damagoo got a secret and she sees something that happens and only she sees it and you're just like oh my god what's going on now what is going and that's right. when you become enthralled and you're just like, I want to know the outcome of this movie. I cannot move. I need to know what's going on. I don't want to miss anything. And it's one of those movies that if you blink, you will miss something very important. Like like a, a jelly bean on the ground. I'm not even going to tell you what that means, but that was important to the rest of the story. And it was so simple. Samuel L. Jackson just picked it up and you're just like, wait, how the fuck did that get on the ground? And, and you're just like thinking throughout the rest of the movie, what happened? Oh my god, it was so good, so good. But I can live without the N word. Um, any other movies that you've seen since we last um, Star Wars chatted? Star- oh, can we talk about that for a minute? <laughs> um, what were your thoughts? I'll go with that. Um, I enjoyed it, but there were mm-hmm. several. It was basically Star Wars: A New Hope, the original. It was basically a redone mm-hmm. version of that, with the characters just kind of in different places. It was very much the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I kind of at the for a while I kept thinking like it's very much an homage, you know, with the you know the grand right. visuals and the, the fade in, fade out and stuff. But as it kept going, it's like, wait a minute, this is basically retelling the first two movies, but with different characters. Right. You know, right? Even when, um, um, but I think that helped. Finn took off his helmet. That that was very Luke Skywalker of him. (laughs) I mean, the thing for me, it was like, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I like it because I could follow it along. Because I never saw. I mean, I saw. I went to see Phantom Menace but fell asleep because I hated it, and I never saw the other two. Mm. But I Mm. would. I oh, I mean, you don't even need to see them now because these are supposed to follow Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So. The other three are just kind of like, who the hell wants to watch those? Do you think that they did this on purpose so that people who saw the originals get the homage and people that have never seen the Star Wars ever before get a sense of, oh, okay, so this is the world? Because it, it, it just surpassed Titanic in two weeks. So I'm thinking that that may have been the reasoning behind it. Um. After I left, I felt like this is very much Man of Steel. 
Nothing new was introduced. Nothing revolutionary was done. They stuck to what their history was, and that was it. The only difference in Man of Steel than any other Superman movie is that Superman killed somebody. The only difference in this movie is you find out who the bad guy is underneath the mask, the very first movie. You didn't find out about Darth Vader, who he really was, for how many movies did he take off we his did, mask? Like, we didn't even know. Well, no, you found out who Darth Vader was after the second movie, after during impression. Exactly. Impression they took their time. And, and I, I can appreciate what they did, and I thought it was very um, well done to remake the first one. But, I mean, their marketing is genius. But I just wish there was something new that was introduced. And you know what's weird for me? Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. You probably do. Um, he was the red-headed um, leader... The general. Um, okay. Da, oh, Domin Hall, or I can't pronounce his name. But anyway, um, for some reason, after I left the movie, I kept thinking of his character. I don't know why. He's um, Brendan Gleeson's oldest son, I think. Okay. Um, he was so good in it. I just and just to let you guys know, there's going to be two more Star Wars sequels, but also. There's going to be, like, two standalone Star Wars movies, nothing to do with the whole sequel. I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's a little getting out of hand. But um, Overall, did you like it, though? I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, one of the newest twists, I mean, first of all, it's like you have a female hero mm. to root for, mm-hmm. and also... You find out, like in the fir- in the in the first few movies, you know, you never really got to know what was behind a stormtrooper. Whereas here, you find out right off the bat that the stormtroopers were actually people, got people that were kind mm-hmm. of brainwashed into believing one thing and became the stormtroopers. Where when you saw the other movies, you just you know you didn't know what was behind them. They could have been like they couldn't even. I, I never even thought they were actual people. You know, they could have been cloned. I, did, I never thought know. they were robots. Yeah, yeah. So, I wish that they had explained that a little bit more because he switched over really quick. Like, they didn't tell any of his backstory. They didn't say, you know, because they said that they, just like Kyle said, they're brainwashed from, from childhood to become stormtroopers. But they don't, well, there's a, they didn't there's tell. There's a lot. There's a lot we didn't get. I mean, that we didn't get. And then okay. maybe they're saving trust. You didn't get the fact. You didn't get why why Daisy was by herself, why her family left her. You didn't get, you know, mm-hmm. Finn's story about how he became a stormtrooper, why all of a sudden he just, you know, when he saw his friend die in the beginning, mm-hmm. that's whatever kind of hit him, that this was kind of like stopping him. So you never really got that. I didn't so even realize I'm that was sure friend. Well, yeah, because that's when he, like, reached up in the blood, and it's like that's whenever he kind of had that oh. humanistic moment, and that's whenever right. they were supposed to kill all those strangers, and then he didn't, because he, he couldn't, because he knew. Mm. So, right. um, but, yeah, that kind of stuff he didn't get. But I liked is like, right. I liked the fact, I mean, basically because I saw, you know, and I think a lot of people rewatch the originals and stuff because of it, but I thought it was kind of fun to bring back in 
the Millennium Falcon and the TIE Fighters and the X-Men mm. Fighters, you know, the, the originals as opposed to. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, when you think about it, it's following Jedi. It's not going backwards in time. It's going forward. So that stuff would still be around right. because that's right. the later of the movie where you can't really go back to Sith and all those other crap because it's like that was before. I like that. Um, I did like the female thing, the female character. I did hate the fact that once the toys came out, there was no female toy. There's there's no, like, I don't understand why they did that. They have everybody else, but they don't have her. Um, I thought that was weird. I also like um, that this character, the bad guy, wasn't a one-note baddie. He was bad, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but they explained why he was bad. Um I I don't know. I don't know. I, I I liked it, though. And I think that, for me, I don't know if you got this, I think... Uh, what was her character's name? I totally forgot now. Who? Anyway, uh, the girl, the lead? the lead girl. Yeah. Daisy. That's her real name, dear. Oh, shoot. Ren. Was it Ren? Ren. I think Ren is connected Ray. to Ray. Ray. Sorry, Ray. Ray. I think Ray is connected to Luke Skywalker. That's all I'm saying. I really do. Um, that's just what I got from the ending. I'm like, hmm, interesting. But um, I hope that Mark Hamill is in the next one because if you've seen him lately, yeah, he's you know. Crazy hair, crazy beard, whatever. This guy is a better actor now than he ever was in his whole entire younger career. He is so off kilter. I love it. And I hope that he becomes like the new Obi Wan Kenobi or something. He's he needs to be featured more. But um Yeah. I was just like, eh. I left thinking it was okay. But um any other movies besides Star Wars? Um, no, because the last thing I saw before then was um, Spectre and Mockingjay, but mm-hmm. I had already talked to you by then, so no. Yeah. Um, I have seen a ton of movies, so many that I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, that movie pass is amazing, and I will forever love it. You said that you were going to go see Sisters. Go see it, because it is hilarious. It's a hilarious movie. And you'll never look at ballerina princess um, music boxes the same way again. Um, it's just so amazing. On my break, I did have a week off Christmas week. I did catch up with Once Upon a Time. That show is really good, actually. I don't know if you've ever seen one episode, but it's really good. Um, I, yeah, I watched the first two seasons, and then I think I just got over it, so I kind of gave it up. It's funny, I stopped watching, and I remember season three, episode eight, because I hated Peter Pan's character, and it was so stupid that an entire show was revolved around a villain who's like 12, and I'm just like, Regina, the evil queen, is like in her 40s, and she's scared of Peter Pan, I'm like, this is so stupid, so I stopped watching. Don't you know when I picked up season three, episode nine, they ended Pan's storyline? Like, shit, I just waited one episode. But, um, 
yeah, it was really good. I liked it. Um, so a hard, hard, hard turn. Um, I think we need to say goodbye to Miss Natalie Cole. I was heartbroken when I saw your post. Heartbroken. Oh, my gosh. I love Natalie Cole. Um, now, was she sick for a while? Like, I feel like this came out of nowhere. Well, I didn't go, I didn't read too much of the article, but they just said something about congenital heart failure. So maybe it was just kind of she had a heart she attack. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, she's, it's like no one legendary is going to be around sooner, you know, than later. And just thought, I, uh, I was so heartbroken. I told my aunt, because I was at my aunt's house when I saw your post, and she's like, no! Like, like she knew her personally. I'm like, oh, God, auntie, don't have a heart attack. Um, but I'm sorry, I forgot to get back to you. When I was watching The Hateful Eight, I thought about you because Dirty Grandpa is coming out. And I'm like, oh, my God, Kyle's going to go crazy for this. I have to admit, Zac Efron looks pretty hot in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so two things happened last year that were pretty shocking for me. Um, one of them being Bill Cosby was arrested. So excited. Speaking of Dirty Grandpa. Um, I kept I kept wanting for him to get into his car and then have Felicia Rashad show up at the wheel and drive off kind of like O.J. <laughs> you are awful. I thought this would be kind of funny. You you are awful. Um, the, the part that, and, and I, I laugh at the most inappropriate things. So they had gotten him out of the car and his lawyer and somebody else is next to him. And he's walking. And he's like walking, but then he trips. And I was like, I don't know why I laughed. It's just so mean. But um, do you think he's really going to go down for this? What do you think? I don't know. I really don't know what to say. Mm. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on. I, I don't really know what I want to say about it. I mean, I, I, I mean, a part of me thinks that I don't think the man should go to jail, but um, I mm. do think he's pretty much done, you know, with mm-hmm. this whole scandal. It's pretty much kind of, this will be, unfortunately, how he's remembered as going out. I know. Um, I think the only one that's probably, the only two women that are most pissed probably about the whole situation are his wife and probably Tempest Bledsoe, because I'm sure she was hoping for those residuals for the Cosby show. But, um... <laughs> You're a bitch. <laughs> you are a bitch. I'm sorry. Um, she, she 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 probably goes. To, she probably has to go to like, you know, Taco Bell with her friend Beverly Mitchell from Seventh Heaven and just like commiserate. <laughs> Jessica oh, Biel's laughing. Kyle. She said, Jessica Biel's probably laughing. It's like, well, bitches, I'll still be in movies and I'm married to JT, so I'm all good. And I had his baby. Okay. Yeah. Um, the last really sad story that I'm going to talk about. And I don't even know if you even know who he is, because, I don't know, I, I'm just in shock. Um, Mark Sailing, do you know who that is? Puck from Glee, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he was arrested recently for child pornography. Um, so here's the, that's the short version of it. Here is the longer version of it. An ex-girlfriend reported him to the FBI for having um, child pornography on his computer. So here's my thing. I want to know a couple of things. One, how many images are on his computer? Two, if there's a download of one day or if it's from several months or years, I need to know the date that these things are on his computer. And three, why did she report him after they broke up but not when she found it? Like, did she find it and then break up with him? Or did she break up with him, mill it over a couple days, and then reported him? Because it kind of sounds to me that it's kind of not true. Um, I think this is the same girl. I could be wrong. I think this is the same girl that's suing him for... um, sexual battery, and if it is the same girl, she claimed sexual battery in 2013, got a settlement from him, and then called the FBI. Now, it could be wrong, I could be wrong, but it's just a little strange, I don't know. What are your thoughts Hmm. on the whole thing? I just think it's kind of sad, and it's like, I, I, I don't know... I didn't go. I didn't try to read up into too many details because I didn't want to find out anything. So it's just like if it's yeah. true, then it's just kind of sad. But um, yeah. I'm sure whoever, if the girlfriend was the one that turned him in, I'm sure she was. It was probably less out of spite. It was more out of like concern, you know. But like yeah. I don't know. So because because it know. says it was an unnamed ex-girlfriend that tipped the FBI off, but it's just a little suspicious that two years ago she had an ex-girlfriend sue him and he countersued her. And then all of a sudden he gets arrested a couple years later like I want because she said that she was going to go after his insurance company for the money. So I want to know if she got the money, like what happened. I don't know. And the, the really sad part about all this is once you're accused of something like this, it's on forever. It is on forever. So I hope it's not true. I hope she made this up. I hope she is the one that set him up. But if it is true, I'm going to be really disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so um, those are the only topics that I had to end on a bad note. But did you have anything? Any topic you want to talk about today? Um, no, not really. We kind of covered New Year's and mm. stuff. I, I just know that um, the Globes are coming up, so that'll be kind of interesting to talk about movies and TV and stuff and kind of Ricky Gervais is hosting. So that'll, of course, be Ugh. funny. Ugh. Uh, you, you don't think? like him? Because I'm not yeah. prepared to laugh. No. Something oh, about him. him I just do not like. Like, my mother can't stand Mark Ruffalo. I don't know why. And I just cannot 
stand Ricky Gervais. I don't know why. I just can't. Yeah. He reminds me of Jack Black, who I can't stand either. Um, oh, by the way, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Claudia King. Um, she's got her own show with um, Kelly, and they were part of... What were they part of? Top Soap with um, Doug? I don't know, but she's always so supportive, and she likes almost every one of my Instagram posts, and she's just awesome, so I just wanted to give her a shout-out. Um, I don't know. What are you up to this week? Anything fun? No, it's back to the grind at work, so it's going to be heavy duty. Yeah. Getting January off the ground, so it's going to be our non-stop again, but it'll be fun. And the shows come back in January, so be prepared. What shows? Oh, all the shows. Most of them, like they, they start their winter season now because they've been on winter break, so which is oh. so weird. But that's true. Pretty Little Liars is coming back. Oh Lord, with the five-year jump. Mm-hmm. You know and when they do five-year jump, that's that's like a sign that they're probably going to not be around much longer. Oh, I think Marlene King has already noticed, said something about they're going to have, like, one more season after this, and that'll be it. So she's ready to wrap it up. The Desperate Housewives did that. Um, who else? A lot of shows do that, and you're just like, oh, there's the sign. They're about to go. One Tree Hill. So. Okay, well, that was, um, it was good catching up. Sad that Michael didn't show up, but I'm sure that he's um he's still sleeping probably. Party <laughs> animal. See, see what happens when he hangs out with those college kids. But um, mm-hmm. it was good catching up, and um, you have to let me know if you like Sisters. Hopefully, you'll see that. If I end up going to see it, yes, I will let you know. Yeah. All right, my dear. Until next time. Thank you for coming, and thank you everyone for listening. And um, I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Yes. Happy New Year again, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.